And I think when God calls us to do certain things, um, we don't always know how, you know, it looks pretty dangerous. You know, for me going to Saudi Arabia right after 9-11, you know, in certain places, it was very, very scary. And you wondered, Lord, did you bring me out in the wilderness to die? Because, you know, uh, they actually threatened to kill us, (laughs) you know, times, you know. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. The goal of Along the Way is to identify the moments in life that Jesus really is walking with us and trying to get our attention. But, just like the disciples along the way to Emmaus, we are missing those moments that our hearts are burning within us. I want us to be able to identify those moments, learn from others, and apply those lessons to our lives so that we don't miss the blessings that God has for us along the way in our life journey. Along the Way has provided some great connections for me. One of my favorites is Tim Mahoney, the filmmaker of the series Patterns of Evidence. I'll get to our conversation in just a moment, but as always, I want to thank you for listening to Along the Way. I hope that you like what you hear and that you subscribe. Please rate and review Along the Way on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. All of my contact information is in the show notes, and you can check out all of my episodes, and please join my email list through my website, alongtheway.media. I would love to hear from you. Also, I have a Patreon page if you'd like to help me to continue to put out these Along the Way episodes. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, simply go to patreon.com slash along the way and select the level. The link to become a supporter is also in my show notes. And now here's my interview with Tim Mahoney about his film, The Journey to Mount Sinai. Tim Mahoney, it's great to have you here to talk about your latest installment of the Patterns of Evidence films. This one is the Journey to Sinai Part 2, because the previous version, uh, the previous installment, we covered uh, three of these six possible places where Mount Sinai actually is. And now we're covering the remaining three, which are actually further away from Egypt. And so I'm really excited to talk about this because I love archaeology. I love the whole patterns of evidence that you've been searching for, for this has been a 20 year journey for you. And so it's, it's great to hear that some of this is coming to uh, fruition. It's coming to some completion and we're getting some, uh, some answers, which is really, really cool. So I'm glad to be able to talk with you again about this. Well, thank you, John. And uh, as always, I'm always glad to talk with you. And and this is going to be an exciting program today because there's an awful lot that I think people are going to be interested in. It's um, things are coming together at this time in history that, um, and people say, well, why? Why are we finding more evidence for this? And I think it's to wake people up. Hmm. There's a lot of people that are, um, uh, well, there's a lot of prodigal people out there in a sense. They they might have, you know, grew up in, in uh, you know, hearing about the Bible or their parents were Christians or, or whatever. And they just don't know if any of this is true, you know. And I think that um, these films are really important because we're starting to show that God is, you know, there's a pattern of evidence that God's acting in history. And history, uh, as many people say, you know, repeats itself. Yeah. You know, uh, we know that the story of the Exodus is the story of, of God delivering 
and calling a people and delivering them to himself. And he brings them to this mountain through a miraculous sea crossing and all these different things. And I've covered that in these early films. I've covered the promise from Abraham through, you know, with the first film and the Exodus film. And then the next film I wasn't even planning on, which was mm-hmm. the Moses controversy. And, and that was, well, people said Moses didn't even write the Bible. There's been so much criticism about the Bible. <clears throat> and what we show is that <clears throat> Moses actually had the ability to write the Bible, <clears throat> excuse me, and also that there, there was actually this early form of writing, which, is, which turns out to be somebody took Egyptian hieroglyphs and modified them into what we now call the alphabet. Yeah, an Egyptian symbol. Let's see, I'll go like that. This was the bull's head, and eventually it becomes the letter A. You know, and and so it's amazing. <clears throat> and this alphabet shows up right where the Israelites are, and it migrates. Wow. And, and that's that's one of the things that is so interesting <clears throat> about your films is that you have not just come to this with thinking I'm going to prove what I already believe. You've really come to this whole experience as a student trying to find, or really as an explorer, trying to find the truth wherever it leads. And you've been looking for, this is what the Bible says, where do we see this happening? Even though people might say it's happening at a different time or at a different location, but where do we see these things happening? And I'll never forget the first time that I came across the Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, which was your first film that I got to know. Um, I literally saw it on a Facebook ad and, uh, I was just blown away by what I saw and I immediately purchased a digital copy of it so that I could watch it. And then, um, then that grew. I reached out because I wanted to do an interview and we, we've become friends. And this has been a really cool thing that we've talked about. The The next film was the Moses controversy, which is what you, what were you were just talking about here and how, if God is going to have a covenant with the people of Israel that he's calling his chosen people, it's important that they know the word of God. And before this alphabet that you were just talking about, uh, people really just had to rely on the, the words of the leaders to see what God was saying. But if, if you're able to write down something and communicate it, then you can share that to generations and generations. And the fact that you, uh, you've met people and you've been able to see some of these things in, in your own life. Uh, that is really, it's really proof that God cares about people, not just in getting things rolling, uh, and starting this process, but he really wants to have a relationship with us. So, uh, yeah, that's, I love these films. And then you go into the Red Sea crossing and there's so much for that, that, uh, you had to break that up into two films as well. And now we're in going to Mount Sinai mm-hmm. part one and part two. So, Wow, this is this is really great stuff, and so yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. This next film, I mean, you you have some you know imagery of it, but this next film is going to be in theaters May fifteenth and seventeenth as a nationwide Fathom event, uh, and <clears throat> I think this is. Uh, we've heard from people who've seen the film uh, and we've, you know, when we make these films, we're making them sometimes till the last minute when they have to go to the theater. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but the people who've seen the earlier version of it said they think it's possibly one of the best that we've ever made. Uh, This film is powerful. Uh, It's going to, you're going to learn stuff you never knew before. Uh, You, and it's going to be an experience. I think that it's so important to see these films in the theater because um, in fact, when I watch a film that I've made, 
mm-hmm. from you know the edit suite into the theater. I never have seen the film like that before because there's so much more detail in it, and the experience is immersive. And yeah. and if you come to see this film May fifteenth as a Fathom event, uh, uh, it's going to be amazing. People can get tickets at PatternsOfEvidence.com. Uh, and they, they'll see, uh, ev- you know, information about that. They can see a trailer, uh, yeah. and they can download the scorecard, you know, and this scorecard is literally a scorecard. We've got, yeah, let's talk about that. What is the purpose of this scorecard? <clears throat> well, these films are such that, that there's a lot of detail in them. And with every, uh, film that we make, we create a pattern. And this particular film has a pattern, which is, um, uh, we basically are looking at six different mountains. So the pattern starts with uh, journey to the mountain. There are campsites and wildernesses that we're trying to map out mm-hmm. with direction from, from Egypt, from where they would have left, what uh, direction did they go, and uh, what were the campsites? Because it said they traveled certain distances, uh, so many days, and it took them between, people would say between 50 and 60 days to get there. Uh, so, or, you know, 45 to 60 days, depending upon how some people have interpreted this. But this scorecard has a lot of information that'll help prepare you for the film, uh, which is really fun. If you want to, if you want to go on an investigation, then you get the scorecard, you prep, you can look at the verses. We're going to look at, well, where is the land of Midian, for example? Right. Um, you know, Midian uh, is where Moses fled. And depending upon where Moses fled, it wasn't far from there. He went to the backside of the wilderness. That mm-hmm. is where he encountered the burning bush uh, where uh, God speaks to him and tells yeah. him to go back to Egypt and to, uh, you know, tell Pharaoh to let the people go to come and worship him. And this was a part of, of the promise to Abraham that God had, had given Abraham Uh, on several occasions, this vision that through his seed, that God was going to create a people that would be his people. They would be holy people. They would be, he would be their God. And he was going to bring them uh, and bring them to a land that was promised to Abraham. And that would be the promised land, which today is, uh, is the area of Israel. And uh, so these, uh, this back understanding, this backstory, I think, is also relevant for where, what's happening in the world. Because Israel, the Bible tells us in the last days, the whole world's attention is going to be on it. Right, right. And we need to pay attention and understand a lot more why things are happening and what we should, how we should respond to those things that are happening. So, so yeah, the land of Midian is where this mountain would be. And this mountain... Um, is was considered. I mean, the Lord said this was going to be a holy mountain, and Moses had to take his shoes off when he got to the uh, burning bush. And not only that, when the Israelites came, they weren't allowed to go there. So mm. yes, this uh, this image here is uh, we've, we're we're looking at six different potential holy m- mountain sites that people have proposed. We've got the traditional view of of in the Sinai Peninsula, then we've got uh, Jebel Sin or uh, we've got uh, Jebel Sinia, mm-hmm. and uh, that's over there in a, a mining area in the Sinai. And then we move up a little bit further to one uh, uh, in the Sinai Peninsula, right near the Gulf of Aqaba. And that one's called Hashem al-Tarif, yeah. uh, which some believe is uh, a crossroads that the Israelites left from there. Another one then is in this film is Har Karkum, which is actually inside the boundaries of Israel. Uh, as I've looked at it, some people say, well, it's not quite in the boundary. It's uh, but that's another location. And then we're going to go to look at uh, Jebel Allah's and Jebel Halal Better. 
Uh, Jebel yeah. means mountain, by the way, in Arabic. That's why okay. the that word Jebel. Uh, <laughs> so when someone says Jebel Saniya or Jebel uh, laws, Jebel laws, they're basically saying mountain. Um, okay. And that mountain, makes sense. Yeah. Laws actually means almond. It's really called the almond mountain. Hmm. Interesting, Interesting thing, too. So 2003... Uh, I actually uh, had seen information about about people uh, that were getting photography out of there, uh, and this Sinai, this Saudi Arabia mountain, has been of great interest to a lot of people. It's caused a lot of controversy. Right. A person by the name of Ron Wyatt went there, mm-hmm. and got arrested, and uh, he went there twice and got arrested twice <laughs> for wow. things. Uh, and uh, and then later on, other people like Bob Cornuke. Um, and Larry Williams, I think it was, uh, they went there and they got, you know, caught. So there's a lot of things that happen that cause it to have publicity, but mm-hmm. it also caused things to become much more um, difficult because archaeologists right. couldn't go to the area and do any digging because the Bible at that, you know, I'm not sure where we're at now with that type of thing with archaeology in, in Saudi Arabia, but for a long time, that's been an area that's been off limits to to investigate that time period. So when I would interview scholars, they would they would pretty much tell me that. Yeah. So they couldn't, they couldn't do any archaeology concerning the time period of the Bible. Right. So it's um, it's very interesting because if you know geopolitically and uh, you know just the religion of that area is Islam, and um, so if all of a sudden a Jewish holy site happens to be in their territory. That's going to be um, very a lot of international attention uh, that, would you know, we're trying to bring attention to it to bring focus to the Lord. But, uh, you know, there could be a lot of uh, difficult political tensions arise because of, of things like this. If that would come out and all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of uh, Jewish archaeologists going to uh, an Arab area and doing uh, doing that, which which we're actually seeing a lot of uh, difficulty in Israel because some areas that they're doing uh, archaeological digs are in Palestinian areas, and you know there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of politics going back and forth whenever it comes to archaeology, and this would be even a more holy place um, what you're looking for, and it's in areas that are further away. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's some really interesting experiences there. And I've heard, I've heard a lot of these stories as well, but I want to hear about your stories because you went in 2003 and you followed the path of the Exodus. And, uh, how long was this trip that, uh, you got all this footage from and, and you did so much work and what happened to, uh, to this footage? What, where is it now? And how have yeah. you been able to use that? Well, what happened was that in 2003, after hearing about all these people who have, were could not go there, uh, Dr. Glenn Fritz found a connection, and we were actually able to go to the area uh, on a on just an Arabian tour. Uh, he gave the coordinates, and we were able to get permission from a, a person who did these type of tours and worked with the government, the Saudi government. And it was a like to allow Western people to understand the Arabian culture. And so it was a cultural tour that I was involved with. And this is the same area, for example, that T. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the British officer, uh, when he, he, he was in this area. So there's a lot of history. Uh, that you could, and, and you, and I loved it. There's just an awful lot that was 
uh, there. But um, so we got permission in 2003. In fact, it was almost th this exact time of year. It was actually May. Um, uh, and we went there. And it was great to begin with. But then once we got into that location with our our guides. Our guides were Saudis, but they were from the eastern part of Saudi Arabia. So when the eastern Saudis, they were excited to go to the western part. They'd never been there before. Sure. A lot of people have not been to this area. It's kind of like the wild west of Saudi Arabia. Mm. And when we got there, things were fine for a little bit. And we, But when we came into that particular area, uh, back in 2003, set up camp, uh, a couple things interesting happened. One of them was um, that uh, we we also had Jim and Penny Caldwell. So it was Dr. Leonard Moeller, Jim and Penny Caldwell, myself, uh, Dr. Glenn Fritz. We had a, a person who was another, um, uh, a American who, who, who was the tour organizer mm -hmm. and then our Saudis. And then I brought a couple other people along to help. And, um, uh, so we decided to go for a climb. It was like sunset. And as Dr. Moeller was climbing up this hill, um, he physically got like something struck him from behind. Uh, it was the weirdest thing. Uh, and he stumbled. It was like, he was almost like, just like hit. Uh, and, he, and, uh, later we looked at it and you could see it was like a welt that came across the back of his leg. Like he was hamstrung, you know? Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll, be, I'll tell you, I, I'm telling that story because it was supernatural. It wasn't natural. Uh, it wasn't like he pulled a hamstring or something because of the way the, the mark was on his leg. And um, he felt that it was a spiritual uh, attack as we were going to climb and go and look over this hill to the area where many people believed was the area uh, where the Israelites made the covenant to, with God. So mm -hmm. the, we had a nice, you know, dinner that night. We actually had a meal that um, was similar to a Passover meal. Someone had brought a, a young, I think it was, it wasn't a lamb, it but a young goat. Uh, but And then we had the, um, I'm not sure if it was lamb or a goat, by the way, but it was young. And, and uh, then we had all the types of food that you would have if you're having a Passover meal, which is, uh, Penny Caldwell brought that up. And um, as I'm thinking about these different interesting coincidences. And so there we are at the mountain. The next day we go, we get permission to go into the area that uh, many people know of right now. It's, they call it the covenant site. And uh, so we were able to go into that area, uh, walk through what, there's this long L-shape, chevron shape. It's kind of like a, it kind of goes like this and then it goes, uh, so, so it goes like this and it comes back like that. So it's okay. a long corridor and then it turns. And we went through that corridor. Um, uh, there's two, six, or it's about eight foot wide sections with a wall in the middle. And then at the end of it, there was a burning, uh, like ashes kind of a area. So p people looked at that and they said, is this an altar? Is this some type of a cattle shoot or an altar? If they're going to do sacrifices, would this be the place where it happened? It looks like there was a stream bed there. And we actually... Um, you could see where the water had washed out. It, was, it looked very interesting. And previously, uh, when Ron Wyatt was there, he found what appeared to be these large circular 
uh, or stone areas that almost looked like uh, an area where if you had dug down, it would, it would be a filtering system for a well. It's like a well. Hmm. Um, uh, and there's several of them. And he thought there was possibly more. So in this new film, Journey to Mount Sinai, uh, part two, uh, we're going to show you a lot of stuff you might not have seen. And we're going to organize it in a way that you're really going to understand. Uh, and, and the Jebel Laws is one of the mountains that we look at quite intensely sure. there, there are pillars here so we're looking at as, as you know in our films john we, we look at um well um what are the what what does the bible say is what does the scripture say and then can we find a pattern in this uh at this location so that's why we looked at all the different locations and said can we find an altar at right. uh, har can we find an alt pillars at har can we find you know at the different mountains that we've been at uh and some people find one thing or two things and they go this is mount sinai mm-hmm. uh, what we have is i think there's like i don't know there's like 18 or 20 things that we're looking at in this list yeah. Um, and there's geographical uh, components. There's um, there's artifacts. There's attributes. Uh, there's the backside of wilderness and its definition. All those different things that you would look for that just help to articulate this. And we put it into a film that took 20 years to put together. Yeah. So when I when I came back, you know, when I when we got after we came down, we, we went there. We looked at that day. We climbed the mountain. We got up to a place where there's a marble quarry and and then we worked our way back down and then when we came down that's when when the local saudis uh told the eastern saudis that they needed to get out of there mm. uh, and uh <clears throat> the problem was the government said we were supposed to be here and here and here for so many days we're supposed to follow this route <clears throat> and every time we went to a place that that we were supposed to be at we were then chased you know so yeah. out of that area so it was really stressful sure and um and it was very unusual uh it's very a lot of t- tension there and at the end of the day i i all my footage I, I mean i filmed amazing content so this film was intended to be done 20 years ago uh and uh the, all my footage was was taken and it was taken yeah wow and i knew that i would have taken more still photos <laughs> Yeah. So, so your, your film was, your footage was taken. So the footage that we're going to see in this film, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Sinai, part one, and now part two, where are you getting this film from? Where are you getting this footage from? Well, uh, early on, Jim and Penny Caldwell, we worked out uh, that we would work with them. So I have some of their historical footage um, from the 90s. And uh, and then I, I captured other footage from other people who now it, the doors have opened up in Saudi. They're allowing people to have tours there. You can actually go to this location now. Uh, and there's a huge development there. They're, they're looking at creating... I think it's called Neom. It's a. It's going to be like a, you know, super, you know, futuristic city, uh, oh, wow. and a ski okay. resort, I believe, even at that mountain. Believe it or not, it gets cold enough, or, or I think they can make snow or something. But oh. <clears throat> it's going to be a futuristic uh, place to go, and I think they're open to this uh, being a site for all people to come because of of uh, Moses and because of the interest and um and so uh that's how i've been able to get the footage to make this um and there are more 
uh, significant things to learn, uh, you know, too, in this movie. One of the things that I came away from was that Moses tells Pharaoh that he wants to go in the wilderness so that they can worship the Lord. Mm. And, and I think that, uh, John, what has happened in my own life, um, <clears throat> the Israelites on this journey, they were fearful. Uh, there's reasons for them to be fearful, but they're, they, you know, they were fearful of the Egyptian army, right? They, they left Egypt. Uh, they saw all these plagues, but they were spared. But still, they were trying to escape, and then they get trapped at the sea. And then God, mm-hmm. like, they're going to kill Moses at the sea. It's like, why did you bring us out in the wilderness to die, you know? Right. You know they thought they were going to die. Moses wasn't sure either what was going to happen. Uh, and I think when God calls us to do certain things, um, we don't always know how, you know, it looks pretty dangerous. You know, for me, going to Saudi Arabia— Right after 9-11, mm. uh, you know, in certain places, it was very, very scary. And you wondered, Lord, did you bring me out in the wilderness to die? Because, you know, uh, they actually threatened to kill us, <laughs> you sure. know, times, you know, uh, when I was there. And, and you just have to trust the Lord. Okay, I believe I'm supposed to be here. I talked to my wife about this. You know, she says she had to know, is this something you really believe God is calling you to do? Because I need to know. Uh, otherwise, I'll be really angry if something happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, she could accept it if it was truly the Lord. And uh, so um, this this investigation, I'm trying to make sure I get back on target where I was I was going with this. But uh, uh, I started, you know, a long time ago uh, and just was, was trying to figure out where, you know, the footage is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how am I going to do this? And sometimes we have callings that God you know, puts on our, our lives and the calling is still there, but the timing is not quite right. Hmm. I have some people, I just saw a little or a comment. Someone said, Hey, you know, this is, this, this is, you know, this is old news or whatever. Well, not to everybody. Right. Uh, this is a lot of people don't know anything about this, but there's a context that's never been told. And that is the context of, of these, all these different mountains, people are pointing at them. But what mountain should we be looking at? Mm. You know, can we find that out? Because then there'll be more information yeah. uh, of which we know in the next in films to come. But I was talking about this issue of praise and worship and fear. And um, I think that for me, that even this last year, John, and I think for a lot of us, for the last several years, we're seeing things like when, when COVID came and there were lockdowns, mm-hmm. uh, people are fearful. Their fear of dying, their fear of economic collapse, there's fear of, of now, like, people going crazy, doing stuff like mobs, you know, going into cities and just destroying things. Uh, you know, I'm from Minneapolis. We had a huge riot here and said, right, you know, right. burn. it's like things you never thought you would see in America. Uh, there's craziness that's going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the issue of, of God and these Israelites, they left a culture where there are many gods. And I'm doing more studying about this, uh, and we see that they're going to go into a, a, a into the promised land where there are foreign gods too. Mm-hmm. And these these gods, Moses tells us in Deuteronomy that when you worship an an idol, you're worshiping a demon. Yeah. So I mean, there's more that I've been studying and learning and researching, but we had demonic activity 
uh, in Egypt, and we have it in you know the Promised Land, and it's not gone. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's all these uh, you know the Bible tells us there's principalities and powers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Right. Right. So right. these are there, and um, uh, so one of the things that uh, happened to me just recently is I was. I was uh, coming to the office, and I thought I would stop. And our church has a coffee house, a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stopped in there, and one of the inner city pastors was sitting there doing a Bible study by himself. And he, wa- I walked past him, and he goes, Tim, he says, how's it going? And, I, and I'm in the middle of making this film and all this other stuff. And I said, oh, I don't even know where to begin. And he looked at me, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking through him. He says, Tim, you need to worship the Lord. Mm. The type of things that you're dealing with, you need to spend more time in worship and deeper time with the Lord. And uh, I go, I hear that. I hear what you're saying because I need that. So I came home and I told my wife this and I said, what do we do? And, you know, I'm a musician and I thought, you know, I haven't played the guitar or done anything. So we got some worship books out from 30 years ago that we had in the you know, 90s. Uh, mm because we were a part of the charismatic renewal and, um, uh, and we opened them up and we sat in the living room and I just started singing these songs, hmm. worshiping God. And you know, the fear started to go. Wow. And I think that I believe that we have so much power that is at our disposal. And yet like the Israelites, You see, the Israelites were afraid at the sea, (laughs) they were afraid at the mountain, and they're going to be afraid again uh, taking on the promised land because of the giants. And you know what? We're all going to be facing the same things. We've got giants right now, uh, whatever they, however you want to interpret them. Uh, And we can be fearful. And I don't want to live a life wandering in the wilderness because I'm afraid of the giants. Hmm. So I believe the message of this film is we need to praise the Lord for, you know, he's the one who's going to help us take the promised land. And if the promised land is someone's children or the promised land is is some kind of other thing that you're, you know, you're called to do. the, the, The message that I have at the end of this film is coming to the mountain to worship God. Mm-hmm. It's going to give you that mission. But then I believe we need to continue in praise because when we focus on him, we're not focusing on the problem. If we're yeah. not, in a sense, sometimes we can worship the problem in a sense by all of the time we spend looking at it, the news, for example. And the news is just filled with all sorts of things that cause me to be unsettled. But if I right. keep my eyes on the things that the Lord wants me to keep my eyes on, then I don't have that anxiety. Yeah. So God's really helped you bring this film together through a lot of different ways. Even though your your footage was taken originally, God has allowed you to get different pieces different ways, but you're still telling this story of the patterns of evidence. And I find it really interesting how um, you said something about, you know, searching for the mountains, uh, you know, which mountain is, you know, the real Mount Sinai. And I'm kind of reminded of Jesus's conversation with the woman at the well in John chapter four and how 
she says, you know, the, the Jews say that we need to worship at this mountain and uh, my, the Samaritans say we need to worship at this place. Uh, where do you, what do you say? And Jesus says, you know, the time is coming and is now here that those who worship, it won't matter where you worship, but those who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. And um, I think what you're just talking about right now, Tim, and how you just went home and just worshiped God and just went back to that place of worship and that intimacy with him. Um, it doesn't matter which mountain, uh, you actually physically go to, but in the spirit, you need to connect with, with God, who is the God of the mountains, the God who created the mountains. It's important for us to know and to find these patterns of evidence, but the evidence needs to point us back to the one who created the evidence. And it's really his fingerprints are all over this. And I love how you're continuing to search for, uh, these patterns of evidence. And you, you told me just before we, we started to record this, that even though your 20 year saga is coming to a, a close, so to speak, but you're starting into the conquest of Israel, of uh, the promised land, which you're talking about these giants that are, uh, you know, fear and things that are, are going to keep us from achieving that. And we don't want to be caught in the wilderness. Um, Tim, this is, this is great. And I, I love seeing this side of you coming out because this, this is, um, I've known you as a filmmaker, as somebody that's very analytical, but I'm seeing this amazing spirit of God just pouring forth from you. And this is a, this is not just a message that is from your dark night of the soul years ago. And you're searching for something, uh, you know, searching for the truth for yourself, but now God is using you to be a vessel to share his message, uh, which is going to help uh, so many people get into the promised land that God has for them. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to see this on the big screen myself. So, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think the experience, you know, there's reasons why, uh, you know, it's important for us to be in the theater. Uh, uh, part of it is, is that we're in a culture uh, that that is um, trying to keep messages and films out. But now look at The Chosen, how well, because mm -hmm. there's such a hunger. And then His Only Son that came out, uh, I, I went and saw that and was like so blessed and just moved. Uh, and uh, we need to be able to be in the mainstream world uh journey to the mount sinai part two is a mainstream film it's 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 excellent and i believe you're going to experience something and that's why it's so important to get to the theater we've got resources get the message out i need everyone to get the message out and to get people to the theaters we're in major theaters all across the country for just two nights may 15th and may 17th and you can see the trailer there uh this is a really important film for you your family for your uh class it's it's you need to, uh, you know, pay attention to. And I believe there's going to be, I think there's going to be a special experience with at the end of it because um, I, you know, I was trying to figure out, I've had panel discussions all the time, uh, you know, after these films. You know, let's just talk more about it. Well, you've seen two hours of talking. Mm -hmm. You don't need to see any more talking. I've built the case with like 28 different interviews. Yeah. What I believed is that we end the film with a call to worship. And, and I actually sense that, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm there to entertain or anything, but I got my guitar and I got a group of, of people uh, uh, that were uh, available and we uh, call them the praise 
choir, and <laughs> we we will worship the Lord with three worship songs, and that's how we're closing wow. this film. Uh, is is just to to be in worship, and I'm going to be talking and and probably spending more time in worship. I don't know what that looks like in the future, but uh, I feel that I'm supposed to do that. And uh, so I, you know, recently just went and did the same thing. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just going to continue to to lead. I used to write quite a few songs, and uh, um, that was a part of my earlier life, and now it's coming back again. So I'm going to I'm going to blend that in because I believe there's power that we need to have uh, by by that worship. Um, and I think that it's also going to uh, go before us. You know, uh, I think it was Jehoshaphat. Was it Jehoshaphat? When mm-hmm. uh, he uh, had, you know, this armies coming against them, and then they they called upon the Lord, and they just went and worshipped the Lord. And the battle is the Lord's, right? Yeah. All these battles are so huge. But what do we need to do? Well, we need to we turn away from the despair and turn towards the worship, and then start giving things to the Lord. Uh, and that's what we're missing, I believe. And that's the call to what the end of this film is asking, you know, bringing people to think about is to come to that place. Amen. Amen. And so I want to encourage everybody to get to the theaters May 15th and May 17th. You can go to PatternsofEvidence.com. You can see the, the website there. Whoops, wrong, wrong one there. Uh, PatternsofEvidence.com to see where you can go to get their, get your tickets, uh, get your scorecard and follow along Tim with his with his journey as he's not telling you what to believe, but he's helping you to search for the truth, to search for these these patterns of evidence. And so, uh, Tim, I love how God called the children of Israel out of Egypt to worship him in the wilderness at this mountain. And God is calling you to do that. And God is calling us to worship him in a new way and in spirit and in truth. And he's calling us to do that. So, Tim, I love how your films show evidence of God's handiwork and show evidence of his workmanship and how we are created to, to be a part of, of his workmanship. And so keep up the good work, my friend. I'm looking forward to seeing this film on the big screen and the next ones as well. So God bless you. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you, John. God bless you too. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at my website, alongtheway.media. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey. And may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way.